Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the House of Pod, a show where we pull back the curtain on the world of medicine, we answer questions about your health, and we interview great guests. I'm Joe, and I'm not a doctor. And I'm Lizzie. And I'm Kaveh. And we're two gastroenterologists. What's a gastroenterologist? You know, the doctors who work with your digestive system. Say what? You know, your liver, your pancreas, your intestines. Where now? Your butt, Joe. It's your butt. Oh. On today's show, we have the author of the book, A Brief History of Vice, and the host of the podcast Behind the Bastards, Robert Evans. Stay tuned to learn more about medical bastards. And we have a special announcement on January 26th. Kaveh from the House of Pod will be performing at the SF Sketch Fest on the show Quizatron. It's a super fun science-based quiz show where comedians and scientists battle for nerd bragging rights. Get your tickets at sfsketchfest.com. Welcome back to the House of Pod. I'm Kaveh. I'm Lizzie. So Joe's not here um, because Aww. he's doing something or another. Um, I feel like Joe's maybe cooler than we are and is doing lots of cool stuff all the time that nobody knows about. I think everyone thinks that. And then when we asked Joe, what'd you do this weekend? And he'd say, I don't remember. It was probably really cool and he just doesn't remember. Exactly. No, agreed. Well, um, we have a great interview and we're going to get straight to it. But uh, before we do that, just want to again plug our email. If you have questions, hopquestions at gmail.com. If you want to leave a phone call or a voice message, 408-444-6623. Follow us on Twitter at the House of Pod or uh, on Facebook as well. Just look for the House of Pod. 
And uh, thank you to Joe, Nadim, Lizzie uh, for production, editing, music, sound, etc. Anything else, Lizzie? If you want a sticker, let us know. Message us. We'll send you some awesome House of Pod stickers. 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 We'll even send some stickers <laughs> as well with those stickers. Stay tuned for my favorite podcast host, Robert Evans, coming up next. On today's show, we have the former editor of Crack.com, the author of the book, A Brief History of Ice, and the host of my very favorite podcast. That's absolutely true. I'm not just saying that because you're here. Behind the Bastards, we have Robert Evans. Robert, thank you for coming on. Howdy, howdy. How's everything going? Thank you for having me in your lovely house with your lovely whiskeys and your lovely microphones. It's not my whiskey. It well, is a microphone. So. It's mine right now. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah. No, Kaveh's okay. um, telling the truth about his favorite podcast. It's like the only other podcast I've ever listened to other than the House of Pod. That's true. Podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts. She listens to yours and ours, and that's it. Well, I suspect we share a deep and abiding, love might be the wrong word, but appreciation for the science of medical grifting. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. We like... Yeah. We love science and yeah. real medicine, but we also love medical grifting. It's like, just, it's just so love. interesting. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, I think we should probably talk about your show a little bit and then explain it for our listeners. So if any of our listeners have not listened to Behind the Bastards, you should go and listen to that and come right back. We'll wait for you. Okay. Good. And <laughs> I'll explain it to the rest of you. It's basically a show where you talk about the worst people in history and you somehow, make it funny enough that it becomes palatable and actually enjoyable. Even though you're talking about some pretty dark stuff, you, you do somehow find a way to make these stories about the worst people in history really entertaining. And you've talked about really big names like Stalin, yeah. Hitler, mm -hmm. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Uh, Zuckerberg. And, like, all in the top three. <laughs> That's top three for me. I was explaining to yeah. my brother-in-law recently about like your podcast and Zuckerberg. And as I was explaining how he's a villain, I'm like, I guess he's not the worst. Because mm. <laughs> I mean, as I was saying how bad yeah. he was, I was like, there's, I mean, there's many, many. There's more worse people. ones, but if you do think about how things will be viewed in like the 500 year time frame, it's not impossible that he'll be in that top 25%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Be we'll legendary. see. We'll see. Well, based yeah. on your podcast, 25% includes yeah. like so many. There's people. a lot there's... of pieces of shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, along with those very well known names of pieces of shit, you also talk a lot about sort of lesser known health yeah. villains. A lot of uh, villains you talk about, but you yeah. cover a lot of health villains as i will call them you're like this uh what was the guy's name uh jim brinkley john brinkley, john the, brinkley. the guy who put goat testicles in everyone he could yeah. couldn't get enough of that it was amazing <laughs> how much of that he did and like. he was inspired by guess what you guys the size of goats yeah wait for it testicles <laughs> like that was his motivation it was like they're so big they, they you, have to have a good you purpose. love to see the medical deduction there right hmm. and then i think when he got sick of testicles he went to ovaries yeah right? Just he did he some ovaries born. yeah yeah, yeah. That was, i love that one you, you also talked about the reverend jim humble uh jim the, humble the yeah bleach drinking church yeah uh that's another great episode and you talk a lot about anti-vaxxers and you talk about sort of other medical grifters but so I, the first question I have for you is why do there seem to be such a disproportionate number of medical related grifters and bastards on your show? Why? What is happening? Okay. Compared to like 
people like salesmen. How come there's no salesmen bastards? There's a. Show? I mean, there there are. I mean, uh, you could say L. Ron Hubbard might be one, but oh, like, yeah, that's a good point. He's a salesman. Um, you know, I I think that, and I say this with all due respect for medicine as a discipline, because I have a lot of respect for it, and the fact that y'all are doctors, it is the most important thing that human beings are the worst at, um, <laughs> because we are, like we, we like there's like you look at where we were 80 years ago, and it was nightmarishly different, like to the point where it's terrifying to read about treatments from the 30s and 40s, like yeah. it's horrifying in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, and we've we've come a long way, but there's still so many holes and there's so many shortcomings. Some of them are as, as a result of medical knowledge, but a lot of them as a result of just the fact that our system is imperfect and that it's very difficult to get good care. It's difficult for most people in this country because of the expense, because of the lack of health care to really understand what they're doing with their healthcare. And a lot of doctors are, as I'm sure you know, overworked um, and have like a difficulty like seeing to everyone they need to see. Mm -hmm. So it is very difficult for the average person in this country, particularly of low income, to get sufficient information about their health to make good decisions. So you're saying we do terrible at healthcare. I thought you were going to say we as human beings are terrible at taking care of ourselves. I think that's true too. The healthcare system's terrible, but also a lot of it is like very understandably, a lot of very good doctors are so overworked that they have pretty little amount of time to spend per patient. And I have known people who have gotten taken in by... Doctors I found scammy, um, like not real doctors, but like you know, doctor, doc, quote unquote doctors that Dr. I found Oz. scammy, but because those people were willing to sit down with them and have long conversations with them and took real interest in their problems and listened for hours to what they had to say. Right. And that doesn't have an impact on what they actually know about healing people, but it has an impact on the amount of trust that they get in people. And when you look at guys like Alexander Wakefield, the people, the patients he's, like the, the fucking patron saint of anti-vaccine denial, the people he's actually worked with one-on-one, -on -one, and again, he's a scam artist and almost like, I would say someone almost prosecutable under international war crimes, like, mm -hmm. in, it, like mm -hmm. that level of, of villain. Um, but they love him because they have kids with difficult uh, healthcare needs and they have had trouble having a good long conversations right. with medical professionals right. who aren't Andrew Wakefield. So it's like brainwashing. It, well, yeah, that's a lot of it, I think, is brainwashing. They've actually yeah. shown, they did a study back like 10 years ago at UC Davis, and what they showed was that people who were happier, mm. that people who were happiest with their health care were the people who were getting the worst service and were having the worst outcomes. Yeah. And they were just so happy because these doctors were listening to them being like, you're right, you do have a weird problem. I'm going to do that weird test on you mm -hmm. that you don't need, but we're going to do it anyways. And those people were having like complications from it. They were getting sicker. They were being put on medications they didn't need. But that person was listening to them and saying, okay, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to do something for this weird illness that you have. Well, yeah. it's like that John Brinkley, the self-proclaimed doctor. He was yeah. a listener. He was not a doctor. He was <laughs> not in any way a doctor. <laughs> yeah. a, a Come on. He did doctor. put goat testicles into people. That requires he was, he a certain was, amount of doctoral skill. Maybe the thing. best there's ever been. At, at <laughs> inserting goat testicles human. into human testicles. Yeah. No one had more experience. <laughs> right. yeah. and, and, and from what you said, he did it drunk a lot of times. A so lot of times, and yeah. And inconsistently. Well, you wouldn't want to do it so. Over. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have to do that drunk. Right. But the point of all this, I think, and a lot of the grifterism in medicine is that, and we've talked about it mm -hmm. before, is that it really appeals to people's deepest insecurities, yeah. right? Like this is about male virility, which yeah. we know you can probably 
you know. And a lot of men, most men can't talk, especially in the fucking 30s. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's right. having like nuanced conversations right. about right. erectile dysfunction. This was like the 30s equivalent of that email that's like, you know, if you want to make your penis big or yeah. something. Right. That's, it's, it's always been there. It always has. It still is. Right. And yeah. the manipulation, brainwashing part of it is what he would say is you are only weak if this doesn't work. Yeah. So then you kind of Which is kind of a cult thing. Like that's beautiful. what all those self help cults it's genius. It's yeah. Genius. He was you very know? smart. Yeah. Just not a doctor. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was almost a doctor. Yeah. Um, so of all the bastards you've covered in all these health to- health topics, um, which do you feel like universally and personally, which do you feel has done the most damage? Do you think it's <sighs> anti vaxxers? Do you think it's this concept of like nurturing and talking to you and getting through you through your problem but maybe doing totally the wrong thing or you know i would have trouble thinking of a single medical professional mm-hmm. who's done more damage than andrew wakefield yeah that's he, anti-vax. like I, yeah. yeah that's anti i would i would have a lot of in term because it's like like in terms of like how horrifying the the end results of what they do like jim humble and like pouring bleach in autistic yeah. children's assholes like that's nightmarish it's mm-hmm. horrific but in terms of the actual societal harm and the potential cascading damage right. it's hard to beat the guy who kickstarted the bonnet anti-vax movement yeah. Like, right. yeah you laid it out really well in that episode and I, again i really recommend our listeners check out that episode we'll put links to it uh, when we release this one but it had already been around. There had been an anti-vax sort of sentiment for a long time. And the, the first anti-vax movement, back when vaccines were new, made a lot of sense. Like, yeah. people didn't have as much information, right, right. and the things that they were doing to vaccinate people were... In some, like, they were burning down people's homes. Like, right, it, right, right. there was a lot of racism involved. It made right. total sense that decent, intelligent people in, like, 19 dot would be right. anti-vaccine sure. and not be fundamentally ignorant because right, right. we just, we didn't know as much. And we were doing weird things in medicine then. We were doing so weird totally things in medicine then. The suspect. eugenics movement got wrapped yeah, up yeah, all yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, fundamentally, the modern vaccine movement is a movement of bastards. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about... Anti-vaccine, uh, sorry. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I hope I didn't say right. that wrong. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about Andrew Wakefield. Do you... Yeah. Because you read about him quite a bit. So Andrew Wakefield is the UK doctor who sort of kicked off the modern revival of anti-vaccine sentiment that still is carried forth to this day. And um, my question for you, because his studies have been debunked, but there are so many people who still believe in it, and he still speaks, and he still speaks on it constantly. He's still making, I think, probably a good living off of it. Mm -hmm. Do you think he believes it? Or do you think that he's just a smart grifter? Oh, I don't think he's ever believed it. I think he's a smart grifter. Mm-hmm. I think he's too smart a man to have ever believed it. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he's always known from the beginning that vaccines but, worked. But to what end? Like to Money. Why? Yeah. Well, he no, wanted to make his own money. vaccine. He was like, I, these I vaccines think... are going to give your kids autism. Mine will be cool. He gets to be like a media personality. He gets to be like seen as this hero. He gets to be within this certain community seen as like a brave revolutionary standing up to the establishment. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have to like, if you're actually a brave revolutionary standing up to the establishment it's dangerous and like he's not in any danger um and he gets i I do think he came from a medical family i think he grew up thinking that medicine was something he wanted to do i think he probably got pushed into it by his parents Mm -hmm. and then he found out he didn't actually like the work and he wanted a way to make money and he'd spent all this time in it i think there's a little bit of sunk cost fallacy but also the desire that i don't want to do this as a job this is hard (laughs) Being a doctor is oh difficult. My God, that's what we just do lying to people. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's just very interesting why somebody would be motivated to to do that so deliberately. You know, um, again, I guess money can do crazy shit to people. Anyway, let me ask you: yeah. What do you think is the most successful grift 
of, of medical grift of all time. Medical grift. I mean, like I guess Scientology doesn't oh. count. Um, Wait, what was that? I guess Scientology doesn't count. Um, uh, close. They had some There's medical like some stuff, psychiatric right? yeah, right, style right, right, right. like shit in it. Um, it's not medical because it's no, not but about psychiatric. your soul. Yeah. But that's it's about their your whole, soul. It's about your soul. Um, Let's talk about your body, not your soul. Probably homeopathy, which again is one of those things. The, the first, and I did this episode, I don't yeah. think the guy who founded homeopathy was a bastard. At the time, if you understood like what they knew, he was making some understandable leaps and he was wrong but he wasn't like full of shit like the medicine of the day so like the guy who founded like the first homeopath basically realized that like medicine in that day was a lot of like shooting mercury in people and like giving people stuff that we recognize now as a poison and he was giving them water and that was better because sometimes hydrating people helps (laughs) and shooting mercury in them doesn't and so for a while actually like homeopathic doctors had much better rates of success just because they weren't doing anything to patients other than giving them water and so like the the founder and this is back in like the 1700s not a bastard was a guy who based on the knowledge of the time made reasonable conclusions i think um but then you look into like the it's in the modern era i think the people making money off of it all know it's a grift i think they have to um i think the amount of kids who have died because they improperly diluted shit like i think the fact that they have to jink the studies that they do so much because none of them can show any ethical, actual efficacy because it's just water. Yeah. Like it's it's noteworthy that anytime you see a study conducted by a homeopathic like medicine institute, it's always about diarrhea because that's the one where giving people water is the most helpful. <laughs> <laughs> like, we love diarrhea, which isn't dumb. Like yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. we agree with yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. it shows like they 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 know. Yeah, they know right. what they the kind of know what's is. going on. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, let me shift gears just a little bit, and let's talk about you, Robert. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get to you. Okay, so, I have a lot of diarrhea stories. Too. Let's talk he about your diarrhea. Had amazing. Oh, I had diarrhea a horrible story. dysentery in India. Well, that hold that me. thought. We'll okay. get to, we'll get to that. But you, this is what I think when I listen to your show. You go to some really dark places with your research. I'm sure you're reading, and you, by the way, your research is really good. Thank you. I think I've told you that. But when you cover medical topics, I can tell you're doing the research. So you're reading about this stuff. You're reading about really bad people doing really bad things. How do you keep that from fucking you up? Like, how does it not affect your mood? And if it does, how do you avoid it? What do you do? I mean, it's it's 50-50 healthy and unhealthy. So the healthy part is that I exercise about 90 minutes a day, sometimes more like two hours. Like when I'm stationary at home, it's close to two hours every day. I like to exercise. I like to work out. Uh, uh, I enjoy that. The unhealthy part is that I uh, uh, borderline abuse a lot of substances. <laughs> um, is that sort of self-medicating? Yeah, medication. I I wouldn't want to abuse the term medication. This is more like homeopathic <laughs> yeah. approach to... No, life? there's a definite effect of the drugs that <laughs> yeah, I take. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not just water. You're saying? No, no, no. I, you know, I don't like do drugs, um, kids. Don't do drugs. I, I, I don't. I don't do as much alcohol when I'm actually at home. I usually don't drink when I'm at home. But I take a lot of kratom, which is like a mood elevator and a legal painkiller, and I think a fairly mild substance to take um, if you're going to be like taking something. I used to smoke a lot of marijuana. I haven't been able to since I got PTSD because mm-hmm. I get too much like. Uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Flashbacks and stuff? Yeah, like panic reaction. Mm-hmm. Like it, it puts me back in that headspace, so it's just kind of ruined pot for me. Oh, um, yeah. What do you take, Kratom? 
Kratom, yeah. How do you spell that? K-R-A-T-O-M. We've actually, we have to do an episode about this. Yeah. We have, um, it's fascinating. We have substance. had a couple of listeners ask yeah. us to do something about this. Even one in particular, Paul Thomas, who's sort of a friend of the show, has recommended a, a movie about it that came out. Yeah. That I'm supposed to watch. We're going to get to that. Yeah. Well, we talked about microdosing, or I wanted to talk also about microdosing. I could, I have like some a, microdosing experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, with LSD, yeah. and that's another thing. Um so, so you do kratom, you, and you're saying that you avoid going too dark, too deep, too depressed by exercise and substances. So that's yeah. what we should recommend to our well, listeners. No, I, I wouldn't recommend it to my. I wouldn't recommend spending as much time like reading about terrible people as I do or, yeah. to our listeners. Where do you? What's what motivates you? Like, where do you kind of mine your data, or um, not in all your resources, <clears throat> but why? How do you find your characters to talk about? And by characters, I mean real historical bastards. Well, you know, it's um. So I, like, I've spent a lot of time in war zones. That's another part of my career. And I think part of why I, it hasn't gone badly for me yet is that I, I'm pretty good at sensing danger. And I think that my sense of what things are dangerous is part of what guides me in my subjects. And that's why I, for years before we wound up in our current political situation where fascism is suddenly much more relevant in people's daily lives and political discussions, I was reading, and this is from when I was like 15, 16, when I was in college, I never graduated, but the thing I was doing for my last two years was Holocaust studies because I was always like wondering, how the fuck does this shit happen? How does this like take, um, and it's motivated by the sense of like danger, of like what's dangerous to people. Right. And I think that, I don't think, I know that like the other big popular thing in podcasts is like serial killers. And I don't think those are really dangerous. Like they are to a very small number of people, but in terms of like actual right. broad populations, right. very right. few people have to worry about being right. murdered. Everybody has to worry about the dangers of authoritarians. Everybody has to worry about the dangers yeah. of medical grifters. People right. like Andrew Wakefield are much more dangerous to every person in this country than right. any 30 serial killers you can right. string together. Um, and so I think that like sense of like what's dangerous is kind of what draws me to the people that I read about and focus mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you certainly don't, I've noticed this. I mean, you covered maybe one or two like serial killers, but your sort of focus is more on general like concepts of evil. Like yeah. how do these people get to become so evil what you and i know you do your best to try and uncover that sometimes you can't there's just not enough no, history there's there. not always enough information but, yeah. but you try and piece together as much information as you can to figure that out and i think that's really commendable because it is sort of an important dark thing that needs to be done someone needs to do it and i think you're sort of doing a very important service in that way i feel a little bit guilty that every time i listen i'm like oh my god he's sacrificing a little bit of his psyche to have to deal <laughs> with irritating me <laughs> But it's it, it really entertains me, so don't stop. You spend a lot of time online sort of researching, monitoring really sketchy groups like the Proud Boys, etc. Yeah. You know, you you're like watching them in chat rooms, I think. The base, Adam Waffen, uh yeah, all those all those those fun groups, the Bowl Patrol. What is that? That's a new one for me. You know, do you guys remember Dylan Roof, the kid who shot yeah. up that church in Charleston? He had yeah. a bowl haircut. And they like him, so they call themselves the Bull Patrol. Oh shit! Yeah, they just like. What's not to like? How do you? Yeah, what's not to like? How do you disgusting. find these? Like, how? How? What's your process for like following, monitoring? You just pay attention to what this. they talk about. Like they, they, they talk about everything they're into, and that leads you to other groups. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to sneak in. As no, like an no, alter no. Identity. 
they're not great. Most of them aren't great at OPSEC. A couple, the really dangerous ones are, like they're good at like, there's a couple of people who are really smart about it. And those yeah. are the ones that we're all trying to figure out who is this son of a bitch? Because like, you're actually re- like, we have no idea who you are and you're clearly influencing a bunch right. of people. Yeah. But most of them just like talk in the open on Telegram. Like, yeah. So that, that's actually my next question then. Who, what group bothers you or worries you the most of all these groups that you're sort of following monitoring online this uh, is terrifying of the groups that bother that i monitor online yeah like not that i, I worry about most in the world um i'm really worried about this group called the base the base right now um which is uh sort of like builds itself as being like a fascist uh social network essentially but like for the training of people in like armed conflict and they have a couple of different from the best we can tell, at least one, maybe two different locations where they actually meet and do armed training and like room clearance and shooting and all that sort of stuff. Like militia training um, sort of stuff. No, because militias are, most militias are pretty harmless. Mm-hmm. Like they're not harmless in that everybody has a gun capable of inflicting a horrific amount of human suffering, but like harmless in that most of them don't want to do anything other than dress up with their friends and go camping. Right. Um, the base is explicitly about, and Adam Waffen's a big affiliate of the base. The base and Adam Waffen are explicitly about accelerationism, which is the idea of bringing about through a series of terrorist attacks that stabilize the country, um, the collapse of order in the nation so that a fascist white supremacist uh, state can arise. Mm. Like that's the idea. Mm. Um, which I think is far-fetched, but the idea of doing enough damage to disrupt the fabric of American society isn't because they've done it already. Mm-hmm. Like 160 people or so have died since the election in white supremacist terrorist attacks. Like it's that's not that part's not far-fetched. Right, right. Some of these guys have killed and they will again before the year's out. Yeah. Um, and you say Adam Waffen. I mean, that sounds. I actually am not familiar with it, but it sounds. Super oh yeah, that's like, another white Reiki. supremacist group. Yeah, they're called like Adam Waffen is the German word for nuclear weapons, and like they're that's their term because they're trying to bring about a nuclear apocalypse because they think that's the only way that a white state can what, arise again. What's your sense of the numbers of these people? I know. I know it's impossible. The low thousands in the United States. Holy shit, oh, that's, that's a lot. It's no, too many. So yeah, much, it's not a great it's number it's of so them much to be. Lower than I thought you were gonna say, and I <laughs> really do shit. appreciate the, so de- than the I dedicated to be. Nazis. So we're talking about like really crappy things, apocalypses and stuff, and you've seen civil wars, and you've you know written about it and covered it, um, and of all the possible nightmare scenarios, which do you think is the worst? You know, civil wars here. Uh, here you mean in america i mean if you like my actual worst case scenario and it could be exacerbated by civil war exacerbated by civil unrest but the worst case scenario is some kid saves up enough money to go somewhere on vacation and picks up some weird bug that doesn't manifest initially and he gets back home and because he's been on vacation he has no more days to give um and so he goes to work when he's sick and he's a barista and he passes whatever he's got on to 30 or 40 people that day and 30 or 40 people the next day and then by the third day he's way too sick but by that point yeah. he's passed uh, on to enough people who passed on to enough I people most of whom involved. didn't have like and honestly Starbucks might be the best case scenario because they do have a, d- a decent healthcare that's plan. True, true. Like, I worked for Starbucks. Um, um, yeah. So you thinking like a, a viral issue? Uh, that maybe bacterial illness. too. Like yeah, who the bacterial. fuck? Like I don't know. Like, yeah, it could happen. People were quarantined. It happened. Yeah. It already happened. Yeah. And it could have been much much worse. You and know? and the fact that we live in a country where people are frequently terrified to go to the doctor when they start to get sick because they can't afford the expense, I consider to be a major 
multiplying worry and how right. bad it could get how early. Right. So there's all so there's an expense because they have to pay for the doctor because yeah. the healthcare system sucks. There's an expense because they have to miss a day from work, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's an expense because what you've talked about on your show and here today is medical misinformation. Yeah. They might not even go to the doctor. It could take because who they knows won't how trust long. the doctor. Yeah. Right. So this mistrust that you talk about, I think, is really important for our listeners yeah. to hear and to reinforce that. You know, doctors are not evil. Like, misinformation yeah. is more evil, right? Oh, yeah. Misinformation is the deadliest thing, whether we're talking about a plague spreading or we're talking about a civil war spreading. Misinformation is the deadliest thing we all deal with in the right. modern yeah. era. And right. also, whether we talk about the potential of, like, a nuclear war starting, it's right. all going to be based in people having bad information. Yeah. And, and an election. That, yeah. It, no, it's exactly <laughs> true. I mean, the problem with, with most of these situations is that like there's enough question there's enough question out there that we don't that people can say well uh, who knows what the right answer is maybe this medication isn't going to help maybe it will but there's enough of a question out there that people will doubt it enough to not do the right thing yeah to not do what their their doctor says okay the most important part of the show so uh question from joe okay joe. Joe, who's not here today, who's not here with us today, um, he's I mean, he's alive. I didn't mean to say he's like <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good to hear. Um, yeah. like he really is, sad. He's still alive, but he is not with us today. He called and left a voicemail for you. Now, mm-hmm. I'll preface this by saying that uh, Joe's questions can be either sublime and brilliant and profound, or you'll look to me and be like, what, is that for real? Is that he really asking this question? And or I, the third option is he forgot the question. Or he might say, I forgot and move on. So, <laughs> okay. But he did leave a voicemail. We're going to play it. We don't screen this. I'm going to play it right now for you. So I you hate screening it. things, so I'm, I'm a big fan of this. <laughs> You're editing like this and screening. Oh, no, terrible. If this doesn't work, we might edit it out. No, no. Oh, hi, Robert. This is Joe. Uh, I just want to say thanks for coming on our podcast today. We're very lucky to have you. Uh, I got a question for you about uh, the information and research that you do. You seem to have a lot of facts on a lot of different people. And I was just wondering, you know, what's your approach? How do you get all this information? It seems like so much work, and I'd be really curious to know how you do that. Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Kave prefaced that by telling me it was hysterical. I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. That was really good. Okay, hold on. Here's what's hysterical about this this mm-hmm. message. First of all, he does the, oh, hey, how weird. I'm calling you. And then, <laughs> oh, oh, hey. That's the first thing. Hey, the, 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 the second thing is Joe's asking about research, which is like the, he does the least research of anyone in this group. <laughs> I mean, for our podcast, yeah. I'd like to think. But, but the question is a, he's is a good He's done a lot of research question, on Rogaine, we know for a fact. He's talked about herpes and he's researched herpes and Rogaine quite it's, a bit. It's a part, both, both important topics. Very important. He's asking for a friend, though. Right. Hey, I'm a big fan of reducing the stigma around asking about either of those Agreed. things. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. So his um, question, though. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of it's uh, understanding how to use Google well. Um, it's You can talk to Google in a lot more of a nuanced way than you think. It's actually more like when you really understand how to converse with it, it's more like learning a computing language because there's specific, like, different ways you can structure questions and ways that you can like organize them that Google understands very differently and you get very different search results. And a lot of it is about like that, that is a a factor in it is understanding what you want to ask 
Um, like right now, I'm, I'm working on an episode about Qasem Soleimani, who just got uh, uh, murdered by the United States, um, the Iranian general. And one of the things I'm trying to exclude is I don't want anything written recently about him because anything written in the next day or two is going to be by just a bunch of hacks and frauds who mm-hmm. like had never heard the guy's name or had heard right. it in passing. Right, and they're right. just riding And they're away. just doing yeah. a thing because everybody... Yeah. So I don't want any of that shit. I want like the shit that was written about him before that has actual useful information so you can like exclude terms... Mm-hmm that you know are going to be in the articles about him that were written since he died. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of it is just the fact that I've been in this industry long enough that I understand how titles are structured, so like I know what to search for. But a lot of it is just I I read hours for every episode, and I'm very lucky that my podcast has been successful enough that I have a salary doing the job that I do, and I don't have to worry about I can afford to spend 20 hours on an episode researching and putting it together. You know, it's my job. So that that is that is very handy. It's super smart to do the old research and not, you know, like the very current yeah. thing, because that wave that you're writing, I think, is always going to be incendiary. Yeah. You know, because people are going to be like, you know, the way that people in politics talk now, there's buzzwords and things yeah. that will now evolve in the next day or two or three about that stuff. Yeah, with a guy, and it's different from depending on who you're talking about, with a guy who is like suddenly the biggest story in the world. Right. You don't want anyone who was writing about him before, like after he was the biggest story in the right. world. Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, with it, and it's different with a guy like John Brinkley. It's just a matter of uh, so, like the John older Brinkley, stories. John Brinkley, the goat testicle, the goat man testicle for our doctor. Listeners. That was a matter of just finding the best book I could find written on him, um, and then finding a couple other smaller books that had covered different aspects of it in more mm-hmm. detail than mm-hmm. that main book. But then just reading that book, yeah. and it's the same when I go with an older bastard. Like every episode I've done on one of these older terrible people, like Stalin, um, I'm very much in the debt of a book called In the Court of the Red Czar, which is, I never remember the author's name, but the book is called In the Court of the Red Czar. And if I could recommend one book on Russian history, it's that. It's an incredible book. Deeply researched with like huge access to the original Soviet archives, like an amazing amount of just like, a lot of it's going over like Stalin's own notes that he wrote during meetings and stuff. Mm -hmm. Incredible book. Um, It's a matter of finding a really good book, reading it, annotating what questions you have and then looking up answers to those questions Mm -hmm. that other people wrote because I never want just one thing to be my source on a thing um so in some ways like the the episodes I do on older people require more research because for the newer folks it's just reading every article I can find like the WeWorks or the the Facebooks it's just reading every article anyone's written for like some somebody terrible and old, like I'm working on Kissinger right now, and I'm in the middle of reading my third book on him, mm-hmm. because like there's so much on you really Kissinger. have to you have to read a lot to do a good job of understanding why Kissinger's so bad. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you can understand it, but like to really explain to a group of people in in detail what he did wrong, hmm. you really have to do you have your to research. understand it. Yeah. Well. Really, yeah, I look yeah, forward yeah. to that one. Yeah, I think that will be controversial. I didn't know what he. I done. don't yeah. think it will be for me. But <laughs> I am looking forward. I am looking. Forward forward to hearing that it um, will be controversial to only certain groups of people <laughs> right. yeah. yeah oh man um, well hey listen yeah. thank you so much this has been really fun um again for all our listeners please check out behind the bastards if you are going to listen to another podcast that's the one but but reconsider if you're going to listen to only one listen to ours right Wait, listen to no? two. Oh, shoot. No, this listen is to theirs Wait, yeah. here, also right? also listen to the worst year ever which is a podcast you do with um, that's that's another one some other people, uh, Katie Stoll and uh, Cody Johnson. Cody Johnson, yeah. and uh, you also had one called uh, "It Could Happen Here," 
which is about like a potential like civil war within the U.S. So if you're in the mood to go like full terror, Red Dawn sort of yeah. thing, that's a great one to listen to. If you want inspiration to buy dried food and a rifle, that's <laughs> <laughs> all your food, all your money to canned food and shotguns. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. For Thank you so out. much, man. Really Thanks for having it. me. Yeah. Thank you for your Do fancy you? Trader Hello. Joe's whiskey. Uh, fancy birthday. Oh, so this is actual whiskey. The opinions on this podcast are broadcasted for educational and informational purposes only and do not represent the opinions of our employers. These opinions are not intended as a diagnosis, treatment, or as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a local physician or other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare and or medical needs or concerns. All antidotes and patient-related details have been changed with respect to date, sex, and certain details so that patient identification is not possible. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.